On this Pete and Kimber podcast, we'll scratch up some of the best bits of the show. Scratch up your share of $9 million with Monopoly Scratch and Win. It's back at your nearest Lottery West retailer. Play responsibly. 1-800-858-858. This is the Pete and Kimber podcast. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Welcome indeed. Good to have you here Mm. for the podcast. Um, Have you joined our Mix fan page, Pete? You should because you're meant to be running it. No, I haven't joined it yet. Is it any good? <laughs> is it interesting? Um, actually, I've got good news for you about our Pete and Kimber's Mix fan page. What is it? Because it's a private page. Like, as in, we invite you to join it. Please come join us. Mm. Please just agree to the group rules. The group rules are, <laughs> I won't be a dickhead in the group. That's all it is. And I know people are afraid of saying yes to rules, but just, Look. if you don't say yes, we can't let you in. And we don't want dickheads in the group. Hang on. Can I just... I just do need to say one thing about this, what you're saying right now. For those of you that aren't agreeing to that rule, very much appreciate the honesty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, You've outed yourself. You're like, you're like, I give them a second hmm, chance. I, I am a dickhead. I write back to them and go, we do want you to join the group, but you do have to agree to the rules. I don't know how many of them come back. But I've got news for you about our page because yep. we put sort of behind the scenes stuff in there. And also it's just a lovely group because there's no dickheads in there. Mm. Everybody's really friendly and everyone's having a chat and they just post things that make each other laugh and stuff. Um, I want, I've got good news for you. What's the good news? We hit 2,000 people. <gasps> what? Don't stop believing. That's all I'm allowed to play of that because we get done for copyright. That's amazing. Yeah, 2,000 of us just hanging out in there. Imagine that. There are very few places you can go now and find 2,000 people in a group that are not idiots. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's very, very rare. No, but do join us. We enjoy being a part of it and chatting with you all and seeing what makes you tick because I guess that helps us put our show together. Yeah, it does. and um, Helps us reflect our city of Perth. The input's fantastic. Actually, like we talk about a lot of stuff on this show because of some of your suggestions that you make in the group. Yeah. Um. Oh, look, we'll tell you more about what's coming up in the podcast a little bit later on, including where 96,000 idiots have gotten together. <laughs> but, <laughs> now, nah, um, can I show you something? Yes. So have you heard of, did you ever read the Dune, um, Dune books no. when no. you were a kid? No. No? No. I mean, I really we were... I thought they would have been right up your alley. No, I was from the generation of Choose Your Own Adventure. They were the books we were reading. Jeez, I remember those books. They were fabulous books. I had those and we had we had like just about every single Goosebumps book. Oh, yeah. They yeah. were the books that just kept on giving the Choose Your Own Adventure because you could read them over and over and just choose a different path each yeah. time. Did you ever have the Goosebumps books as well? I was a little bit too old for them by the time. Were you at Babysitter's Club by the time Goosebumps book? Came oh my out. baby! I never read them, but yeah, Babysitters Club was my gen, right for sure. We had two. We had two like big, fat rows of specific books in our household. We had um, the all of the uh, bloody oh my god, what's happening with my head? I goosebumps. Oh, we had all of the goosebumps <laughs> books, and yeah. we had um, the nineteen eighty six edition of the World Book Encyclopedia. I was about to say to you, what happened to your encyclopedias? Because uh, last year, or maybe even the year before, you suddenly decided that you wanted to reminisce and go and buy some encyclopedias, and you contacted someone on Marketplace, and you went and bought an enormous number of books. Because this is pre-internet, this is how we got our knowledge. It was a full set. You bought a full set of encyclopedias. You brought them in here to show us. Didn't just bring one book. 
brought in all of the books. Well, you might have wanted to read L instead and, of, you know, K or something. And then when we all went, oh, yeah, cute, flicked through and went, that was a nostalgic moment. Then they lived in our studio for ages and you never took them home. And I think I said to you, take these away. I'm pretty sure you've left them here because Liz, your wife, is refusing to have them in your home. You were correct. Where are they now? At home. I've seen you selling a lot of things on Marketplace lately. I'm seeing a lot of photos of you um, just posting things from your garage. And your garage looks like an antique shop slash, I don't know, it's got everything. It's American pickers. Like that's, Part of me yeah, is interested is. in your pink couch. I thought that was cute. Do you like the pink couch? I like the pink that couch. That pink couch has had half a dozen backsides at the most sit on it over the course of its life. It is in good condition. Which is surprising because your kids strike me as the kind of people who would touch everything with their hands. They do. Yeah. yeah. But they're not allowed into the garage. The garage is, honestly, it is, it, mm. it, it's really like a treasure chest of stuff. It's an eclectic mix. What's really funny about you bringing this up, actually, um, What are is... you trying to get rid of? We'll try to plug it on the podcast. Okay, so I'm trying to get rid of, <laughs> rid of uh, here's the thing, all right? I'll, I'll show you what I'm trying to get rid of. Um, let's have some get rid of music here. What have I got floating around? Just while you're looking for it, do you know what I've got to do today? My friend who um, I'm the birthing partner with, oh, yes. who's asked me to help her in her labour. Go grab, um, it would have been like the last couple of episodes of the Pete and Kimber podcast somewhere in there. You'll hear the full story about the birthing partner. It's very exciting. Um, but they have got a storage shed. Well, they've got more than one storage shed because they can't fit stuff in their house at the moment. They had to move. And they're trying to sell a bed set, like big wooden bed and yep. bedside tables. And people keep letting them down. And so it's gotten to the point where tonight we have offered to go pick it up and get rid of it for them. Just get rid of it. We're going like... to donate it somewhere. Ah. The truth is I'm going to try and sell it for half the price she was trying in the hope that someone just takes it away and yeah, then okay. give her the money. Yep. How much do they want for it? They were asking three fifty, but it's a really nice big set. Mm. I reckon I'm happy to just smash it down to 100 so that the first person comes and gets it because they know they're getting a deal. Well, you may as well get and something then, for it. And then we don't have to take it anywhere. If they're willing to get rid of it for nothing, you may as well get something for it. I reckon. Um, okay, I found my music. Pete's Marketplace. Hey! What kind of crap can we buy from your garage today? Here's what I have for you today. Woo! Thank you, Kimber. I have an eye candy peach pram. Seven years old with a little nick at the top. Is that a pram for an actual child or is it something you put dolls in? It's a pram for an actual child. Oh, great. These are worth hundreds of dollars. 50 bucks. Oh, bugger. And it's in a good, it's in good nick. A DeLonghi heater, which is mountable. You can mount this heater. Again, also in good nick. Hasn't been used very much. $100. I have four barstool chairs. Also very good nick. I need a couple of barstools, maybe. Okay. 50 bucks each. Oh, each. Ooh. Or, or three, no, sorry, four, because there's four of them. Four for a hundred dollars. <laughs> you take the lot. I'll knock. I'll knock a hundred bucks off the price. Pink couch, five hundred bucks. That's a nice couch. It I is do a like very, couch. very nice couch. Um, Stratco glass sliding shed window, one hundred dollars. Okay. If you need a window for your shed. It's really specific. That's really going to fit the shed you're going for. Galaxy Watch, 46 millimeter stainless steel, 100 bucks. What's a Galaxy Watch normally worth? Uh, like, like hundreds of dollars. Like lots and lots of money. Okay. Lots of money. Lots of dollars. Um, we're also selling a 2021 Kia Sorento Sports Plus. <laughs> Getting rid of your car. Well, this is, yeah. 
You've just given up. Now you're like, now that we've moved all the stuff into the garage, we don't need this giant car anymore. $55,000 on that one. That's good. Negotiable. Yeah. Right? No, I've put in there specifically no time wasters. And it's about time your kids started walking to school. Exactly. Yeah. They can look after themselves now. What, how old are they? I don't know. Seven, five, and two. Perfect yeah, age for staying home alone. That sounds about and right. Walking to school on their own. Yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> Something like that. Um, so I, I feel free to dive in and buy it. What's really funny about you bringing this up? Items, that's for sure. Right, is that I didn't realise that they're all going up on my public Facebook page, like on oh. my Facebook, and all like to all of our friends, yes, who can see them. And we've had friends who have been sending text messages to Liz, going, "Hey, is everything okay with you guys?" Oh. Like, do you need? <laughs> are you? Do you need help? Do you need money? Is there? Oh, oh. Are you guys splitting up? Are you guys taking yeah. half the stuff? And what's happening here? Because all these things. And no, the answer is we've finally settled. We're in a, in a house now that we're going to stay in there forever. And we've just got time to sort through all the shit that we don't need anymore. That's it. That's great. I'm happy for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'll give you 20 bucks for four bastards. No. <laughs> and that is how you end Actually, up with a garage full of dreams. If you want, if you want them, you can have them. You can have them. <laughs> I won't even charge you. Forget 20 bucks. Don't even worry about it. You can have them. Just come pick them up. Um, Bridget Hustwaite, Taylor Swift correspondent. But you guys tried to throw me under the bus here. From the MCG. No, mate, we didn't try to throw you under the bus. You were lying underneath the bus when it started. Yeah, I should just keep my mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, have a podcast. Bye. Taylor Swift ripped through the MCG over the weekend. Bridget Hustwaite is our Taylor Swift correspondent. Good morning, girlfriend. Oh, hey, friends. Look, please forgive me if my voice is a little frail. I spent two consecutive nights at the MCG just screaming my lungs out. So we're in recovery mode. (laughs) Bridge, the last time we spoke to you was Friday morning because you were heading down to the merch tent and stuff and it became so overwhelming. This was hours before the gig started that you ended up going home and having a nap. How did you get through two gigs? (laughs) It was actually so magical, Kimba, and I was completely fine. I think I was just utterly consumed by, like, the adrenaline and the joy of it because, yeah, it was 96,000 people every night, the last three nights at the MCG. So, what, 288,000 people. is just unbelievable. But it was, I can't even explain how magical it was, just, like, the pure, like, unapologetic joy of being in a choir of people like that. And Taylor, like, cried on stage as well. She was absolutely just speechless at the crowd reaction. She even just posted to her Instagram before sharing some photos and saying that was actually unforgettable. You were next level. I'm going to be revisiting these photos very often. So it looks like Melbourne really had an impact on Taylor. What's the biggest gig she's ever done? She's never had that many people at at one concert, let alone back-to-back for days. I know, I know. And look, if you, I just, I can't even explain. Like, if you need to get yourself to Sydney to see what the fuss is all about. In fact, wait, I've heard that you, you're still not quite convinced, Kimba. What, oh, what's up with that? No, oh, Bridget, this Bridget, is Bridget, rubbish, Bridget. Bridget, allow me, please. Um, we have exclusive audio from our pre-show meeting oh. this morning. Uh, this, <gasps> this is Kimba's comments on Taylor Swift. <laughs> have a listen. Oh. She's okay. I just don't believe that this many people love Taylor Swift. Everyone I went, don't. we've got to be at Taylor Swift. I just don't think that they all love Taylor that much. I mean, I was at Taylor's last gig. But she was 
fine. It wasn't like, oh my God, I'm crying, it's the Beatles. It was, she's fine. Kimba, I've got to take you to the School of Swift right now. Can I just allow me to educate you for a minute? <laughs> Bridge, I'm just saying, like, if not everybody loves Taylor the way that they got caught up in the hype. There's no way, and these guys here are picking on me, but none of them were at the 2018 gig. None of them were at the 2010 gig in Perth. They're, they're yep. last-minute fans. They've just jumped on and they've got FOMO from the weekend. Uh, look, I can see what you're saying in that look, Taylor had not looked, she's always been a superstar, but she'd not quite attained that level of superstardom, say back in 2018 when she was last year for reputation. But so much has happened since then, including the whole Scooter Broaden controversy where she's had to re record, you know, a bunch of her albums. And really, that experience is just what has taken her, honestly, to that level of Beatlemania. And I reckon if you were at the MCG, like, you would be saying, you know, singing a different story this morning, my friend, because, like, it was like going to church. And it sounds like I'm in a cult. <laughs> oh, I, well, then I you've got I me. I'm like in. I'm in a cult. <laughs> I think, <laughs> think you and Kimber need no. to spend a bit more time together, Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Well, no, I'm not taking away from the magic and the wonder of it because I saw the videos and it looked amazing. They have put on an absolute spectacular show and I absolutely respect that as a performer and as a, it's not like, I think she's great. I just am going, I think a lot of people are pretending they love Taylor than they do. <laughs> I think there has been a huge element of FOMO and I think just walking through the streets of Melbourne and just being in the crowd at the MCG, I honestly think it just comes down to like people just want to be part of something that brings you joy and is almost like an escapism. There's a lot of crazy stuff happening in the world right now and for people to just indulge in a little bit of positivity, I think for young girls and women as well, like really leaning in it. Look, it sounds sappy. Maybe it's too early to get sappy, but to lean into girlhood and be together and just be unapologetically yourself. Like, you know, I've been to the MCG a million times for footy. I've been there for the bloody Super Smackdown wrestling, which Peter would love. Um, but to be there in this kind of crowd where you could just be yourself and you could feel so safe and so liberated, I think that is what has been the, the true spark of joy. Like, it's so much more than just, yeah, this is Taylor's biggest tour to date. Like, it's the Eras tour. And, you know, I, I mentioned this on my Instagram last night, but it is so much more than that. It's walking through the streets and, you know, having that kind of eye contact with other people who've got friendship bracelets on and being like, yeah. And just, you know, a community coming together. It's just been You're right. so, that's, so beautiful. That's exactly I how that I felt at the, at the last WWE event when I was smacking somebody <laughs> over the head with a chair. I, I totally Absolutely. get exactly oh, what you're mate, talking about, Bridget. I'm just glad we had the resurgence of the friendship bracelet because <laughs> yeah. no one else could make them cool again, unless you were Taylor. Um, Bridge, just one quick thing before we let you go. One quick thing. The the moment, the core memory for you that you've taken away from the weekend, the one core memory from the concert, what is it? What's everybody talking about? Well, I don't know if everyone's talking about this one, but for me, it was the first surprise song for Friday night, and that was her performing Red, the title track of one of her records. It's not in the set list, and I, when I tell you I sobbed like a baby, it was so amazing to see that song live it just i think that's the beauty as well everyone in that stadium had a song or an era that they harbor such deep emotional connection to and you could just let loose when you heard that song it would take you back to that moment um and that was really special yeah. and i think overall just really quickly like this girl is an athlete she's three you don't understand until you're there three hours straight performing like yeah. 
I know we joke that she won the Super Bowl, but she actually could. Like, it was <laughs> crazy. Unbelievable. So impressed. No, I love it. You're right. I, that's the part I do love is I love when people are super passionate about something. I would never take that from anyone. Like, it is the best feeling to know that people experience that when they just hear a piece mm. of music. It's awesome. Totally. Um, it's, yeah, you can't beat it. Bridget, thanks for joining us this morning. Glad it was everything and more that you wanted out of Taylor Swift, okay? We'll see you when you're back here in Perth. Thank you. All right, see you guys soon. Here we go. Bridget Hustwaite, our Taylor Swift correspondent. Pete and Kimbers, yay or nay? Hi, Rami. Hello, Pete. Hello, Kimber. Yay to this segment. Three I love t- yay or nay. Thank you, my love. Three topics, three seconds to make up your mind. Are we ready? Yes. Question one. People are asking how your weekend was when three, it comes to work. Three, two, one. Yay. Nay. Why? Absolutely. Why? Because it's just typical chit-chat, isn't it, for a Monday when you hate just it. can't be bothered having a Do chat about anything it? else. hate it. I but like it's because the first I'm genuinely person. interested at in what happened over the weekend. See, I don't think many people are. I don't think many people ask that question genuinely interested. I think most people ask it because it's customary to do so, yes. because it's the first thing that generally comes to mind, and then they're not even really listening to it, to the answer. I've got to just point out, the receiving end, so my, like for example, so if you ask me how my weekend was, fantastic, I'll have a chat. So you asked me this morning, Kimba, we had a good chat. Yep. But then Pete comes in and asks me... My sh- my answers get shorter as he, like, and then Carrot asks me. I'm like, I don't have time. Okay. Well, next time when we come in, just be like, I'll wait till I've got all of you here, and then I'll tell you about the incredible things I did on my weekend. Yeah, great. Thanks. Can't wait. Great. Excited. Second Family one. meeting. <laughs> Second topic. People yeah. dropping in without calling first. Three, two, one. Absolutely nay, nay, nay. Yay. Don't even consider it. Yay. It's a blanket no. Yeah. I love it. Get out. I love it. You know what? Because if I, look, because if I, if I have to say, sorry, now's not a good time, I'll happily say it. But what I love about it is... It's it's very old school. It brings up a lot of really lovely, wonderful, nostalgic feelings for me growing up where, like, our house was the family and friends halfway house. People were always dropping by, and they, that would turn into nights, into following mornings. Like, it was just, always just felt like a real vibe. An unannounced knock at the door for me it's is great. like PTSD. My yeah. dog goes crazy, he barks and goes, and I'm, it makes me, even my mum and dad aren't allowed to drop in, and they're my favourite people oh on the planet. Oh, my God. I don't care if you call me from the driveway and say, is it okay if we come in, but you don't just knock on the door. But no, Pete, you're I making it sound it like there's never a bad time. No, well, no, but if there is a bad time, I will say so. I'll say That's, now's not a good time. Because Pete's never naked. But you well, know and what? they turn That's around and go difference. home. Actually, you'd be surprised. Pete's never naked because he lives in a family home. For the rest of us, we're you're always risking naked. it when you rock up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Interesting. Uh, the third one. <laughs> funny because it's true. Family meetings. <laughs> yeah, there'll be a family meeting about this one. Third one, playing with your food in the bedroom. Three, two, one. <laughs> okay, hang on a sec. Hang on. What? There's so many questions. Yeah, There's so many things to unpack. I, I don't we're... eat food in the bedroom. That's not what I mean. I, didn't, I couldn't work out how to say it in a PG way. Is it, I, a, is, it a, is it a sausage, like, a think drumstick? Like, think like bananas, zucchinis. Right. I mean, well, Eggplants. Yeah, like play with Egg, it in every room. Eggplant? <laughs> All right, how do I rephrase this? I mean, who yay, the, play with it in every room. Who the hell's stuffing an eggplant in? <laughs> <laughs> I did not say that. 
No, you didn't say that. How that was you definitely can, how Pete. You, how you can send you? your complaints to 450 Roberts Road. Family meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Write this up. <laughs> Kimber, from what we hear, somebody's been very... Naughty, naughty. Naughty, naughty. You'd What's think going the, on? You'd think the worst thing about being in a mankini would be your plums getting squashed. Yeah, been there. But it turns out it could lose you your job. So check this out. So three-time Olympic medalist, equestrian rider Shane Rose, right? He's an equestrian rider. He's been doing it for years. This is his world. They had a special competition uh, where it was like a special dress-up day, right? Now, Shane thought it'd be funny to get in a mankini and ride a, ride a horse around because it was dress-up day. Yeah, that's good. That's good gear. Oh, but it's really upset equestrian Australia. They're not happy. They're saying it's a problem uh, because the organisation is saying it's not appropriate what he wore. There have been complaints and they've asked him to step down. Now, this week they're having a little bit of a meeting. They're all going to get together and Equestrian Australia are going to decide whether or not he can still continue and whether or not he can be in the Paris Olympics. God. Because he was wearing a mankini on a dress-up day. All right, Shane Rose, this three-time Olympic medalist who's been asked to step down, joins us now. Good morning to you, Shane. What's the latest on this for you? Well, it, that, it is as you say. So uh, I think there's um, that I've, I've given a statement to Equestrian Australia and they're putting a panel together to investigate if I have uh, something to answer for. Um, uh, I'm hoping that I'll get an answer in the, in the coming days and, and it will be positive in, in my favour. Um but a bit in limbo at the moment. Shane, look, you took to social media, you put up an apology. I mean, is this just a is this because you don't you don't want to anger horse people? Are horse people <laughs> like why so stiff about the whole thing? It's just a mankini, it's just a bit of fun, and it wasn't like you did it on a special event day. You did it on dress up day. Yeah, no, look, I I mean I, I went in there with every intention of it just being a bit of fun. Um and I think everyone thought it was. There's Unfortunately, just one lady who's put in a complaint. Um, she she made the complaint quite formal, and unfortunately, Equestrian Australia have to go through a process, and this is the process that that it is is going through. Um, I, as I said, look, I'm I'm really hoping it was planned as a bit of fun. I'm sorry if I offended the person who I offended, but it wasn't intended in oh, that mate, way. Shay, you don't have to apologise. <laughs> oh, seriously, I'm. So, this is one yeah. of the things that I'm so sick of when it comes to the world we live in at the moment because one person's offended. It's not like everything was hanging out off the side of the horse. No, like you, you had a, I've seen the pictures. You know what? Of all the people I've ever seen in a mankini, you do it justice. So no, like you, you. you did a really good job. I, and I, for one, this is the thing, Shane. This is the first time, and I mean this with all respect to what yeah. you do and what you've achieved. This is the first time I have ever been interested in equestrian. So I'm like, I think, I think this is a really good thing. I think you've brought uh, people to the sport. Yeah, well, I hope so. I hope so. It's um, it's a great sport. It's really, really, it's an amazing sport. I love it. But um, like you say, I don't think I've done much wrong, and, and it certainly has brought uh, a bit of attention to the sport. So hopefully there's a silver lining to it all. I mean, if they have to respond to one formal complaint, surely they have to respond to all of the social media complaints yeah. and us talking about it on radio and everyone going, yes. it's un-Australian and quite stupid. It doesn't pass the pub test. No, I, I'm hoping that's the case. And, and look, I, I'm, if I was in a different... If it was somebody else and not me, I'd be 100% in your position. But I, obviously in my position, I've got to be a little reserved. as, as nothing. I'm still in the process. But 
yeah, look, I thought it was a bit of fun. It was meant to be that way. And, and uh, it was inspired by uh, a very good friend of mine who said uh, he's worn a mankini out before and he's a very hairy Greek man. Uh, <laughs> and I, I said, if he can do it, then surely I can do it too. So uh, I love that, that, that you're taking the approach that you're being reserved, Shane. No one can be reserved when they're in a mankini. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you got it right. But anyway. It's, um, uh, we wish you all the best. Yeah, good we luck to you. We think the whole you. thing's stupid. Yeah, well, thank you very much for your support. Mate, if it doesn't go your way, let us know. We'll get a 1,000 people and a 1,000 mankinis <laughs> on a 1,000 horses and we will march on Canberra to get this thing changed. Oh, awesome. now, that sounds great. <laughs> Good right. luck for Paris. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Go, Shane Rose, three-time Olympic medalist. He's an equestrian uh, rider who's been told that um, you may have to step down from the sport and not represent us in the next Olympics because you wore a mankini on a dress-up day. The world's gone mad. One person. Mate, we should have cancelled you, Pete, for the time you got naked in the office. Gee whiz. Those ten times you got naked in the office. <laughs> Ooh, Dr. Kimber's love line. Kimber is not a registered doctor, and referring to her as such is purely for comedic purposes. <laughs> Hello. Are we exploiting Carrot? Yes. We just like hearing him go, ooh. Ooh, ah. What's Kimber's love line? You tell me. <laughs> I don't know. We thought, considering that you've been very good lately at doling out relationship advice, Dr. Kimber, <laughs> um, that we would throw it open to the people of Perth. Do you need some love advice from the love doctor? Really? Am I the love doctor? You've done very well. Right, so uh, for example, our, um, our matchula. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, need I remind you about the advice that you gave our bachelor for his relationship stuff? Too many references can make women roll their eyes. So there's the, there's a few things in there where you're like, yeah, okay, you find me attractive. You throw a few lines in. That's cool. After a couple, what it becomes, it's sort of like, you know, if you were shopping for a Volvo yeah. and you're looking to buy a Volvo and suddenly you see Volvos on the road everywhere. <laughs> so it's sort of like once you've given a few too many references, women start to notice all the references you yeah. make and it starts to feel like you only care about one thing and there's no depth. Now, I, I watched that mm-hmm. play out in front of me, just off the top of your head. <laughs> like, and I was like, imagine if we give you like a half hour, for example, say we do this after seven, mm-hmm. right? We give you a half hour to really bake on some questions that come through. Do you need some love advice this morning? I mean, I'd love to give it. Yes. I like it. I mean, I, in another world, I would have loved to have been a counsellor. I would have loved to have, like, I'm the go-to person in my friends in our worlds for advice. People. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy to do it. I just don't know what sort of thing, like as in maybe uh, you've I just started know. dating someone and you want to know if the texts, if they're into you. Yes. Or, or a dating app or something. If you've received some things, are they interested or not? Maybe you've just had uh, like an argument with your partner and you don't know how to move past it. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. Is there someone you've got your eye on at work and you, and you don't know how to make the first move? Okay. Are, are you a married couple with three kids and you want to introduce toys in the bedroom? How do you have that conversation? <laughs> like, oh, that's a friend of mine. I don't know. Who, who no, I that's great. That um, sounds very personal. No, I'm know, into that. We need to hear from you, Perth. If you need some love advice, the love doctor is in. And you can remain anonymous as well. Right, so we know this is serious business. Um, I've got my pad and my pen ready as well to take some awesome. notes. I'm interested okay. to hear this stuff. Yep. Catherine in Clarkson, um, the doctor is in. Awesome. Hi. Hi, Catherine. What do you need? What help do you need in your love life? 
All right. So I'm not like a vanilla sort of woman mm-hmm. in bed. And I've been talking to a guy who's 10 years younger than me. Um, and I can gather that he's sort of a little bit shy and a bit coy on some levels. And I'm wondering, like, do I just go all out and just be me and frighten him away? Or do I just sort of like be really quiet and this mousy and a bit more vanilla-ish? Have you actually met up with him physically? Yes. Have you been intimate with him yet? No, not yet. But we've sort of, on some levels we have, but actually haven't done the phone deed. I, th- I think you just give it a red-hot go. But I think you go, <laughs> like with anything, I think inexperienced or not, you go gentle in terms of you're not giving anyone your A game on the first go, right? So hold back a little bit, but just make him feel comfortable and make him feel safe, and then you can just continue from there. And if it doesn't end up becoming their jam and you don't quite match, you can move on. Yeah, okay, all right. I just don't want to scare him off, that's all, because he's a really nice guy. Yeah, but he might actually, like, warm to the idea. They just need a little bit of experience because he might have just had some nice, pleasant experiences in the past and just needs a bit of encouragement or a free space to do it. I feel yeah, that so I feel like there are men who have done that for women as well who have kind of got you out of your shell a bit by giving you a safe place to play. Yes, definitely, oh, definitely. Go get him, Catherine. All right, there you go. I can tell you from personal experience, most blokes do like opening a tub of vanilla and finding all three flavours. So, yeah, <laughs> I think you're safe. Um, Becky Erskine, thank you for joining us. Uh, what have you got for Dr. Kimber? Hi, Dr. Kimber. Hi. What do you Hi. need, Beck? All right. So how do you spice up a relationship when you've got three kids, two under two, no babysitter? Oh, okay. Oh, this is a good one. You know what I think it is? I feel like this is a really common one for people. Even if they don't have kids, I think this is a common mistake. I think that people get caught up in the idea of big things like we need a date night, we have to go to dinner, we need a hotel stay, we have a, I need to get you a big expensive present. But the effort needs to be on the daily. So I think it's the little things. I think it's about keeping intimacy together. So hold hands when you're walking anywhere together. Um, kiss for a little bit longer when you're leaving the house. So like not just a peck, but like extend the kiss. Um, send them flirty texts when they're not expecting it. Cuddle when you're on the couch instead of just sitting on the couch watching TV. Cuddle a little bit. I think one of the biggest things is about being intimate with your partner without expecting it to lead to intimacy. Do you know what I mean by yeah. that? Like lots of people, yeah. and, and, and I say predominantly men because it is a common trait, is that sometimes a lot of women will say, my partner only kisses me when I know it's going to lead to something further. And so that can be a lot of pressure on people, particularly on women, because they go, oh, God, I'm, I'm not ready right now and I know what you want from me. And so if you kiss your partner all the time and you have intimate moments with them all the time and you pinch their bum when they're doing the dishes and stuff like that, it completes and it, it continues the intimacy without them thinking or feeling pressured that it has to lead to something more. And then when you do get the chance to be together, game on. Yeah, yeah, there is no game on. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, Beck. I feel you. Three kids. Totally feel you. Um, one more here. Okay. Um, now, Anonymous didn't want to go to air, mm-hmm. but said this to us. I've always wanted to... Tr- <laughs> 
I've always wanted to try a golden shower on my partner. Mm. It's always been a kink of mine, but I'm nervous to open up about that and worried about judgment. I don't want to hide that part of myself either. Dr. Kimber, please help. You've just got to have a conversation. I think you've got to just have a chat with your partner and just ask them, go, hey, is there anything that you've ever considered exploring that we haven't tried yet? In another world, or if you felt brave enough, would you have anything and just see if they have any kinks and ask that conversation, get it going so that hopefully they ask you the same. Wait a sec, you're going too fast. I need a ride. <laughs> and then you go, hey, the thing that I'm into might not be something that everyone's into, but I feel safe saying it to you. Make them feel like they're included by going, I feel safe. That is beautiful advice. Thank yeah. you very much. Hope that helps you, Anonymous. Thank you to our callers this morning, Dr. Kimber. Appreciate it this morning. Thank hey, you. Do I get to open the clinic another time? You do. Do I? Yes, you do. Great. Yeah, you get five gold stars. Thank you. All right. For the first time in quite some time, we decided to pull out a heap of board games. Oh, great. And sit around in the air conditioning and uh, and play some board games. And it was probably one of the most terrible ideas I think I've ever had in my entire life. No, I love board games. Mm, I'm sure you do, because I imagine when you play board games, it's get a few friends together, have a couple of drinks and oh, stuff like that, just right? Just yesterday, James and I played a game called Nice Buns. Nice Buns? <laughs> yeah. What's that about? It's about collecting steamed dumplings. <laughs> We play a lot of games. We're really into it. Right. So that's that's good. See, I'm playing games with a with a, a two-year-old about to go on three, who's an absolute tornado. Oh, okay. And we were playing Upwards yesterday. Now, Upwords, for those of you who don't know, it's like Scrabble, but the tiles, you can stack them up to make other words. Okay. And he can't just sort of sit around. He has to be involved. Yeah. And so we gave him a heap of tiles. There were like X's and, you know, all the tiles we don't want to use. Give yeah, him of all those tiles, right? But he had an O, he had a G, and he had a D. We were like, okay, you can spell dog. And he wanted to spell dog with a V and an X. <laughs> and a H- and I was saying, Ollie, you can't do that. You can't spell dog like that. And he's like, no. He was committed to this. And then eventually he chucked it and picked up the entire stack and threw the um, upwards board halfway across the room <laughs> over into that. It landed in the kitchen and the tiles went absolutely everywhere. Our day was ruined. Board games with a three-year-old, don't do it, right? I can tell you now. But... I want to hear from people about their epic board game fights because everybody thinks that board games are you sit around and you have a bit of fun and you have something to drink or something to eat. I have heard some incredible stories over the years of some crazy, huge fights that have happened because of board games. Because some people are ridiculously competitive. Oh, yeah. I'm not a competitive person. I love playing just... I'm Little Miss Fair Play. I just enjoy the game. But I, I had the most hilarious experience with a group of friends. We were playing a game called Imagine If. And the idea of the game is it's actually the questions are about the people you're playing with. It's about your friends. Okay. And it's one of these things where they'll be like, if so-and-so were a city, what city would they be? Jerusalem or New York. And everybody right. votes on what they think the person most represents. And one of them was, what do you think this person is Do you, in terms of a routine dental checkup, a teeth whitening experience, a crown, that kind of thing? Okay. If, they, if they were a yeah. dental procedure, what would they be? Yeah. Everybody chose that she would be a routine dental checkup because she's pretty straight. <laughs> right? She's pretty that's, down the line. That's not what you want. Oh, she was fuming. Was she? She turned to her boyfriend and was like, I'm a routine dental checkup. Like, it became a thing and they fought all afternoon. Even though all of us voted that she was a routine dental checkup, she just didn't like the reality that she was. Right. And now, see, this is a good start, okay? Right? This this is the routine dental checkups of what I'm after. Yep. All right? The stuff we've spoken about. Here's what I really want, all right? The reason why there's epic <laughs> in the title of this. I want... 
I don't want, like, I had to be the dog when I wanted to be the cannon in Monopoly. I want no. blood. I want hospital visits. I want setting the dining room on fire because wow. I wasn't happy. I want haven't spoken to your family or your friends since. I want, I, you know what? I wanted to be the cannon so bad that I stabbed him in the eye with the cannon from Monopoly. <laughs> like, that's, that's what I want. I want those big fights. I want those big, epic Board game fights, the sort of stuff we're going to hear that this morning and go to work talking about it, going, oh my God, did you hear what happened this morning? I'm never playing Monopoly again. Have a listen to this. There's a story that I came across. I'll give you the headline first. Brussels Monopoly game row ends in samurai sword fight. (laughs) Whoa. With man said to be fighting for his life. What? Yeah, legit. Right, so uh, Brussels, it was 5 a.m. on Sunday when residents became annoyed by four people playing the board game on the pavement outside their home. So five in the morning, they were playing Monopoly outside their home. They probably started at five the night before. Monopoly doesn't end. That's true. It just goes and goes until someone gives up. A man got very upset. One of his neighbours came out of his house apparently brandishing a stick and, (laughs) and got into an argument with the Monopoly players. Reports say the resident's son then came outside, armed with a Japanese samurai sword in a holster. (laughs) There was a scuffle that followed, and then one of them tried to grab the samurai sword. He removed it from the holster, and the scuffle continued, and then one of them got stabbed. Wow. And both men were arrested, and one of them's in hospital with a life-threatening condition over Monopoly. Wow. I have never been interested in Monopoly for more than two minutes. Not even when you've landed, like, on Mayfair or Park Lane? Not at all. I mean, that's sword fight worthy, those two. (laughs) Those are the big ones. We've got someone who's called. Okay. Right? And Rami's under strict instruction not to let anyone through that hasn't at least experienced blood or some sort of (laughs) shocking... Anyway, John in Byford, hi. What happened when you were playing Uno? Uh, my, I feel like my wife was ganging up on me with my uh, my girls, and uh, she gave me four draw fours and uh, lost the game. And I didn't talk to her for three days. <laughs> when you say your wife was ganging up on you, what you mean is your wife was beating you at the game. Yeah, just yeah, significantly yes. winning over I, you. I'm a very much sore loser. Every game that we play, like bowling or something, I feel like I uh, I suck at all games. Does your wife play any games with you anymore, John? Uh, no, no. <laughs> not even in the bedroom, John. <laughs> no, no. We have six kids, so no more. Oh, mate, I feel you. You know what? I feel you. You may as well be in hospital. I get it. Yeah. Scratch up your share of $9 million with Monopoly Scratch and Win. It's back at your nearest Lottery West retailer. Play responsibly. 1-800-858-858.